This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Kia ora and welcome to Planet Women. I'm Amanda Manel from the Hiritonga Women's Centre and joining me in the Radio Hawke's Bay studio today is Sandra Forsyth. With a diverse history including business owner, working in law nationally and internationally, vice chair and lead support coordinator of a large health network, member of the Kapiti Health Advisory Group and chair of its transport working group, host of Coast Access Radio's Health Happenings and Radio Hawke's Bay's Health in the Bay, writer and poet, advocate and someone with chronic conditions, a frequent flyer through the health system, Sandra is now living her best life here in Hawke's Bay. Sandra is a health advocate and is with us in the studio today to talk about health literacy and advocating for health needs. It's wonderful to have you here with us today, Sandra. Welcome to Planet Woman. And with an amazing bio like that, I think we should learn more about who you are and what has driven you to advocate for the health and well-being of others. Well, thank you, Amanda. It's lovely to be here. And I relate my uh, personal experiences back to the 20s and 30s when I suffered from endometriosis and I found the lack of of support and information because this was pre-internet and poor communication from my medical team and my own poor patient literacy uh, really impacted on my therapy and on my treatment and um, eventually led to um, my infertility. And after years and years of uh, fertility treatment, eventual childlessness. So again, that lack of support or knowledge around the medical system was revisited when my sister got breast cancer in the 80s and, um, and, and, her, and her journey. And then leading on nearer my diagnosis with myelodysplasia which is a blood, form of blood cancer which can lead to leukaemia and multiple myeloma and things like that but there I found the support I received from the then Leukaemia Foundation and the Cancer Society totally amazing and they gave a great wraparound service and allowed me to raise my own literacy with their support and I also found that I found support through their support networks. So they had support groups. They had targeted support groups with um, particular people in mind and particular subjects in mind. And that really raised my uh, my patient literacy. And then again, when I was um, diagnosed with the autoimmune condition Sjogren syndrome, which Venus Williams also suffers from, um, the support I received from the Arthritis New Zealand was utterly stunning and I found their peer support service really um, really really helpful and that led to me becoming one of the foundation members of that service and I'm still today years and years later uh, a peer support person for them for people with fibromyalgia and and, um, Sjogren syndrome and other related autoimmune conditions so that support and knowledge is very empowering so that made me very passionate about what I do so that's I think it's going to be one of my lifetime calls and um, I find it really really helpful to the people that I talk to it helps them live their journey 
helps them live their best lives and come to grips with whatever their diagnosis is so that they live a proper life and, and don't get swamped by it. Oh, amazing. Well, what a what a journey that you've been through personally, but what an amazing position that puts you in to be able to support others. Thank you. So it's actually perfect timing to have you here on Planet Women as October is Health Literacy Month. So health literacy is a term that's kind of bandied around, but I wondered if you could explain for us what it actually means and why health literacy is important. I think um, health literacy is coming into its own and, and it's very timely, um, especially with the new um, health reforms coming in. Uh, people, I think that when someone is newly diagnosed, they don't know what they don't know. Mm. So for someone who's having a, a, a diagnosis that's life-impacting, it's like being parachuted into a new country where there's this new language Mm. Um, you don't know the language, you don't know the landscape, you don't know how to navigate it. So um, health literacy is a very powerful tool in enabling people to learn the language of their condition. And I think that uh, learning the language of your condition, knowing and using those words and that language in your communications with your doctor, not being a passive observer mm-hmm. um, and not and being a, a, a part of the conversation and not just listening, but being part of that conversation, asking questions about the things that you don't understand, seeking help and support from people outside of your family group and your and your immediate uh, medical team. So if you've got a condition that is, say, like in the cancer field or the arthritic um, f- um, inflammatory um, condition f- um, things, that you access the support network that is, that, is, um, that is appropriate to your condition. So um, don't just sit there and be part of that health journey and... and and communicate with your doctor, but stick to the main points, don't waffle. And if you have any problem with recall, take a support person and um, start a designated health book. So really immerse yourself in that and follow directions. So I think that's what patient literacy is, knowing your condition, learning it, treat it like a project and go with it and go for it. And I guess knowledge is power, so the more informed you are, the more comfortable you are to have the conversations with the health professionals. Knowledge is a lot of power. Knowledge is very empowering and it's very settling because of that bewilderment and that kind of swamping. So it just it helps integrate that, integrate your condition into your life. So it doesn't come all of your life, it just becomes part of you. It's like having freckles or not, or having <laughs> long toes or you know long fingers or anything like that. It just is. It's not the main, it's not always in the front of your mind, it's just part of who you are. Oh, amazing. And so... Sandra, as a health advocate supporting others, what, what do you do in that role? Um, I, talk to the, I talk to people and have this exact conversation. So I find out what their, what, their, um, what their condition is, what that might entail, what their personal circumstances are. So I discuss things across, across a wide range, so their financial situation, so whether they're on, on a benefit or 
um, and they're receiving support, whether that's appropriate for their circumstances, whether there's other things that they can apply for, um, whether they're accessing all the supports that they're um, they're eligible for in the form of physio, home help, um, um, other supports through their doctor or through their through their hospital, whether they are being um, not receiving the most optimum treatment in the ways that they can um, go about that by having conversations with their doctor or their specialist. Um, perhaps if they are having real problems, um, connecting them with the Health and Disability Commission where they have the advocacy service, which is a hugely uh, empowering service where they walk beside someone and help them kind of achieve the outcomes that, that are applicable and uh, for them and that they're after. And so I think that it's, I, I provide a wraparound service mm. and... Um, the most important thing I do, I think, is, is giving people life hacks and enabling them to do the simple life adjustments that actually enable them to live th- with their condition. So it's very empowering. Mm. So I don't push them. <laughs> I just empower them. I just sit beside them and, and suggest stuff. And where appropriate and where I have the means, I will put them in touch with someone who also has their condition. So if they've got some kind of bizarre thing, uh, and I know someone else with that, I will connect them so that they can talk one-on-one with, with someone who also has purple spots. And if, they're, if they need to talk to someone like that, I do my utmost to find them someone like that. And that's very empowering because you actually need to find your others. You need your tribe. Absolutely. And I guess that um, just that being able to share with somebody who actually oh. knows because they experience themselves. It's is- extremely validating. So I think the main thing with, um, with chronic illness or any condition that's kind of out of the norm, or even if it is the norm and it's very prevalent, is that very often you don't see other people with it because no one looks well, unwell, mm. unless you have um, huge impact to your physicality, unless you're in a wheelchair, mm. or you know you've got, well, you're impacted in some way that is physically uh, visible. Most people can't tell whether you're unwell or not. Like mm. you know, I look fabulous. You know, you do look fabulous. Say, no one would know. Say, <laughs> I have to say, I look fabulous. And um, most of us go to great lengths to present as normal. But there's a huge impact behind. We were like the Titanic. There's a, a huge iceberg underneath, um, and it takes a lot of um, a lot of effort to kind of present as normal. And that's the other thing about talking to someone like me. I say, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. You know, you can you can rise and shine, but then you might spend the rest of the day in bed, or you might you know it might take you three hours to kind of get ready, uh, because you might have to stop and have a rest. So that's normal. So talking to someone like me is very validating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah plus, I, you know, I teach them how to. Yeah, I teach them how to do it. Well, and so that is um, perfect to sort of segue into what I wanted to ask you next. So for our listeners who are perhaps struggling with their own health needs or do have um, chronic conditions and not feeling like they've got the support that they need, can you te- share some of those life hacks or tips and strategies that they can use when they're engaging with health professionals that just might help them in their journey? I think the most important thing is to have a health book, a designated health book, so a notebook, 
and on the first page you write all your conditions and and the medications and the dosage and then each page thereafter you vote you write down um, the visit and who you're seeing and um, the questions that you have um, on the on the other side of that page you write the condition of the medications that you have on that day so you write your questions and and then you write the outcomes and if you have trouble with recall you take a support person and you follow instructions and so you want the best outcome so they say you do it matters and it works so that's that's a very powerful thing so that you're not wasting your time and their time so you're optimizing your time with your medical professional and and you uh, and then you ask questions so you're not passive mm. and you're part of that patient-centered journey that's what you're after it's all about you um, it does work and also you get cut through with your doctor because you are learning you've already learnt the language of your condition you're le- you're, you use those words you can pronounce your medications because some of them they're really hard going oh yeah so, you know, you try to say hydrochloroquine and then try and spell it, you know. So that's, you're already kind of up there with the, the genius, <laughs> if you can say the words. So those things really matter. Um, protect your physicality. Eat well, exercise as you're able. What you do has a d- direct impact on your physical health and more importantly on your mental health mm. because most chronic conditions have an impact with anxiety because why would you not? Because mm. there's a lot of loss involved and there's a lot of kind of angst. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a huge grief impact, so um, get help with that, get support where, where you can access a qualified counsellor and talk about that grief process because a lot of people would lose their financial um, robustness so they will have huge uh, financial impacts which affects not just them personally but their wider family. So an illness is not an individual thing, it's a whanau thing Mm. it affects everybody so get support not just for you but for them so if you put, if your condition is mainstream, there are support organisations like MS, Arthritis New Zealand, Cancer Society, um, Dementia. They all have support groups, amazing places, mm. very fabulous, and you meet your others there. If not, try and find your support group. And the National Organisation of Rare Diseases has a huge database of um, support networks. Otherwise, go onto Facebook. Stay off Google unless you want to um, really screw your head up. Unless yep. you're using um, credible websites like the Mayo Clinic, yeah, or the John Hopkins Centre in the US. Yeah. Everything else you stay away from. Oh, you stay away from. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to go to the dark side. Um, but learning that and learning um, and learning who your health professionals are. So your doctor, your specialist, your pharmacist. She's a great. You, usually the woman now, they're great critical resources. So they can talk to you about how your meds work with you, whether they're going to interact, because sometimes doctors kind of don't do that so well. But any questions you have, the main thing is to ask. 
but you know most people their conditions are ever changing so their circumstances are changing so it takes a lot of agility and learning to live with fatigue and making those adjustments but support is really all if you can find that through someone like me or through a, a physical support group or an online support group it's really really empowering so I think that's yeah, those are that, yeah. That's a, those are huge things. There are amazing strategies, um, and really important, I think, for people to remember that they're not in it alone. So whether that's with um, reaching out into accessing advocates and support groups, but also just knowing the impact that chronic conditions can have on your family and Fano, and making sure that there are supports in place for others as well. It sounds really important. It's really important, and I think it helps people to. Um, adjust and integrate that especially if it's a long term condition when it kind of just normalises it and I come back to that it's normalising it so it becomes part of who you are and it doesn't engulf you and allows the people around you to um, also do that because it does because your your family are also and your friends are also impacted Yeah. yeah and it allows you to make really robust social connections with the people that are your others because your tribe loves you because you're sitting there and you're glorious, you know, and they yeah. see you. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Sandra. So we are really fortunate at the Hiratonga Women's Centre to um, also have Sandra involved with us uh, as a volunteer and she volunteers as a Super Grands mentor but more recently has been running a chronic conditions support group which kind of encompasses what you've just been talking about. Um, so I wondered whether you'd be happy to just share a little bit about the support group, what it offers and, and kind of what it covers so anybody interested might know what, what it's about. The purpose of the group, which has been a powerful experience, the purpose of the group is to, to create a safe, sacred space for the woman to share and um, to come together and meet their others. Mm. And and share their experiences and have them validated um, to find their tribe, to find their others, and, and, and really just to make those connections which they wouldn't have outside of, out, outside of the group. And um, we have speakers of interest, so um, we've had the advocate from the Health uh, and Disability Commission who gave an amazing chat um, talk on patient literacy and um, and patient rights, and where to go and how to go, how to um, how to follow through on concerns. Yeah, yeah, and and so that was really fabulous. And we had the lovely Jenny Goodwin from the centre, who's the, the counsellor there, come and talk to us about grief. And then next semester she will be talking to us about anxiety. So just explaining the grief process. And 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 the ebbs and flows of that, and what to expect. And next semester, we're having the lovely Rebecca Simpson, the pharmacist, come and talk to us about um, medicines and how um, how to access your pharmacy, and also to get your work out of that pharmacy. And most of all, we talk about patient literacy and self-esteem and being powerful in our new selves and all of that and bonding and being part of it. So it's a very collaborative process. It's very kind. It's very mm. lovely. And I always finish off with a reading. Like, 
you know, we are basically we are fabulous and glorious and, and all of those things. So um, the woman can access me outside of that thing for one-on-one because that's also part of what I do through the Women's Centre is that one-on-one sessions. But the group environment is very powerful and I invite anybody that would like to join us to give us a call. So it sounds like there's the opportunity for support, finding your others, um, connecting with other women who uh, are also experiencing chronic conditions, but there's learning involved from outside people who are involved in the health process as well as um, yourself as an advocate and that real strong focus on health literacy, which is really important. Health literacy and friendship and companionship and validation and lots and lots of love. That's what we do. And certainly um, from uh, an outsider perspective from that group, watching the women leave your group every week, there's that real sense of um, connection and camaraderie, oh, which is a beautiful beautiful thing to witness they belong to each other yeah 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 Yeah, that's amazing and so for women who might be interested in attending your chronic condition support group um we know that it's on again at the center um through october um starting from the 19th of october for six weeks and it's a it's a, a group where people can um come if they were involved in the last group but also we're looking for new people to join as well we'd love for newbies to come and join us yeah we've got something going that they would really like to really really like I think amazing so um for people who are interested in attending that support group you can get in touch with the Hedatonga Women's Centre so either pop in or um, ring on 878-5401 or uh, email admin at hwc.nz. And Sandra, just thinking about the health advocacy role that you play more generally, how um, can people get in touch with you if they're interested in talking to you further about health advocacy? Is that through the best through the centre? Yeah, be best through the centre, or through Arthritis New Zealand, but best through the centre, I think, at this stage. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody's interested in having mm. a chat with Sandra in a more one-on-one capacity, then just get in touch with us at the Women's Centre. Great stuff. Um, Sandra, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. I know you're normally on the other side of the mic, so I feel very privileged to be able to interview you. Um, and obviously you have a huge amount of personal experience, but professional experience, which... Um, puts you in such good stead for the role that you play and we're very fortunate to have you involved with us at the centre Um, so just wanted to to have a big thank you to you in this forum as well thank you it's been lovely talking to you and support us all and i hope people join us This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.